Father, we just bless you this morning. Are you good this morning? Hallelujah. Are you excited for Jesus this morning? Glory to God. Father, well, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. We just thank you that you are here, Lord. We just thank you for your presence. We just thank you for your presence. We just thank you for your nearness. Ooh, maybe we just need to take a deep breath this morning. Hallelujah. We want to learn about you this morning, Jesus. Those words, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You, the creator of all things. God, the one who loves us the one who calls us first. We give you this time this morning and we release our expectancy, Lord, in the name of Jesus this morning. We release expectancy in the name of Jesus this morning because wherever you are, Jesus, hallelujah, wherever you are, hallelujah, great things happen. Wherever you are, great things happen. Wherever you are, great things happen. Hallelujah. Lord, your word tells us that wherever you went, you went about doing good. You went about healing all who were oppressed. And so we should have the expectation this morning that because we've gathered in the name of Jesus, that there will be healings, there will be miracles, there will be freedom, there will be deliverance. Because wherever Jesus is, there's help. Hallelujah. Do you need someone to come lay hands on you? No, but we will open up the altars when service is over. But Jesus is in our midst and he wants our expectancy. You know, sometimes in my own life, I, I, I'm working on this. I'm working on this because, you know, we, we, I have this personality that wants to just, you know, as best as I can do everything right and, and, and learn the things that I'm supposed to learn and be disciplined and be focused. And sometimes I can get so focused on the, you know, doing things the right way and, you know, the way that they should be done that I, I, I have to remind myself that it's all about him. So when we talk about the word of God, we're talking about a living person. We're talking about a living person. When we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about someone who spoke and is still speaking every single one of those words. So our interaction this morning is around the kingdom of God. It is around God's ways, how God did things, how God thinks. It is around that, but it's around him as the person, him the person who loves each one of us. And his desire today through this message is that you and I, that all of us, we would walk away feeling like we know him a little better. Hallelujah. Like we know him a little better. Like we're more intrigued to know him a little bit more. Like, like who he said in the word is true. And we don't only want that for ourselves, but we want that for others. Amen. I think we spend so much time thinking about what we should be doing as, as disciples of Christ, as followers of Christ, as students of God, students of our teacher, students of the word of God. We think so much on that. And, and we can sometimes get lost in all of that. And so God, we just thank you for that freedom this morning 
to break out of any limitation, God, where you have become, Lord, just words on a page and you're not alive. We want to experience that boom, 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 heartbeat of Almighty God, the love of Him that maybe brought us, you know, to our knees the first moment we encountered Him, the first moment we, we met Him, someone told us about Him. Amen? That's what I want this morning. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for us in this house, that He would be real that he would be alive, that he would be living. Hallelujah. So we, we have been going through this, this month and we have um, appropriately been naming our uh, months and our series um, to help us have just a, a greater level of focus um, to help us feel like when we walk away, um, you know, that we are accomplishing things, right? A lot of times, you know, you can walk away and, and when you have those nice outlines and you have those nice subject titles, somehow for some of us, it makes us feel like we're accomplishing some things. We're making some headway. We're making some progress. We kind of understand where pastor's going. We understand where the church is going. And that's so valuable, Amen so valuable it's so so valuable hallelujah and holy spirit is in all of that you know sometimes as someone who speaks they'll hand me this topic and i'm just like okay lord i need to find you in this topic so so know that that there's room inside of all of this for holy spirit to express himself absolutely the way that he wants to inside of that today Hallelujah, that's so good. So January 2020, the pin, the, the plan, and the promised land. Hallelujah. If, if, if uh, I won't say if nothing else, but we are learning our, you know, we're, we're intentionally remembering things also, which is so good for us, so good for us to be focused, so good for us to exercise that discipline. So um, hallelujah. So we start, there's this progressive then um, look at things as we look at this year, as we look at, you know, God's perspective and what he has for us. And if we look at then the progression of the pin, the plan, and the promised land, um, we could maybe start from that place where we are maybe unaware that there is a plan. Amen. Maybe we didn't know. Maybe you came here and you're like, God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God has a plan for my life. It's a good plan. Wow, I've never heard that before. Maybe you've lived that way and you're making that progression. We don't want to assume anything. Psalm 139 in the book of Job's and there's Job and there's other scriptures in the word of God that tell us that before God even formed us, our days were written in a book. Wow, he has a book in heaven with your name on it full of all of the good things that he has set aside already prepared for you before you were even formed, before you even hit your mother's belly, God designed amazing things, amazing plans for you. And that's what we're doing. When we look at the pin, you know, where am I? The plan, you know, I'm at this crossroad because now I understand that I have a plan. I've had a plan, you know, and God has a plan. And so I'm at this crossroad. I may be at this place of discrepancy. Oh, God, your plan is not my plan. Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? But hallelujah, as we, as we show up, we continue to show up in this progression as students, what's happening is we are changing. 
we are changing and we are growing. And through the tools that Holy Spirit gives us, we are building a confidence. We are developing and building a confidence in us that he is trustworthy. So we may have had such a tight grip on our plans, but the more we become that follower, that disciple, the more we become that student, the more we hear about him that he is love, the more that we hear about him that he has, he has plans for us are good, that, you know, James tell us, tells us that God is not the one who is testing us. God is good. God is not the one who is tempting us. But the scripture tells us that every good, that's his nature. And when we hit that crossroad, when there's that discrepancy, God, your plan sounds a little bit different than mine. I have to remember, what are the black words on the white page tell me? They tell me. They remind me. Holy Spirit, you are with me. And you are reminding me that God's good. See, that little discrepancy maybe, you know, this is maybe just a different way of looking at the story with Martha and Mary. If you know that story, and so, you know, there, Jesus shows up with some of his buddies to their home, and so Martha is all, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha is all stressed out, you know, but God has a plan. God had a, an amazing plan for that dinner party. And his plan, because everywhere he goes, we said it, good things happen. Everywhere he goes, there's healing. Everywhere he goes, there's goodness. Everywhere he goes, there's peace. But all of a sudden, there's this discrepancy. There's Martha, stressed out, worried about what's happening. And, I, you know, as I was thinking about it, I think it's not that what Martha was doing was wrong. And it's not that Jesus is saying, you know, you need to live the rest of your life seated at my feet. That's the only way that you are going to accomplish the promises that I have for you. It's the only way you're going to get to the promised land. It's the only way you're going to fulfill destiny. That's not what he was saying. Maybe, just maybe, what he was saying, maybe, just maybe, I don't know, you know, if, if you've ever had an event that you've been waiting for, like Jesus is coming to dinner, something that you're really excited about, you know, a wedding, a party, something you've been waiting for. And you can maybe wake up in the morning and your head is, if you're like me, is just rolling around with a million exciting ideas of what you want to do. And, and you just, you know, you just sit in bed and you're like, oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. And you step your feet and then you keep going. And we forget maybe just maybe what Martha did that morning is instead of taking the time before her dinner party to get peace, maybe she just ran at her day. Maybe that's a story of what it looks like peace when God is first. You know, maybe that's what, you know, Jesus is wanting to show us when we look at the promise, the good plans that each one of us have. When we seek first God, when we seek first his ways, we seek first his thinking. And you know, when stress would be tempted then to rise up, you're sitting in the presence of God, you know, you're sitting before God and, and you're doing that, you know, there's that discrepancy. Well, I only have so many hours and I'm having a dinner party. And, and then, you know, but you, but you remember, you know, Jesus, if I put you first, it doesn't have to be a long time. I just have to put you first. I just have to acknowledge you in my ways acknowledge you today in my day and when i do the outcome maybe just maybe that story wouldn't be there maybe just maybe that same kind of peace that mary had how many of you had that happen in your life you know you have those days you have those days where you're just like jesus it's only you that's going to get me through the 101 things that i need to do today 
And you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to push the envelope because I know that you're good. And I just know that if I put you first, I'm going to not only get through this day and I'm going to have peace, but I'm going to have extra time to spare. You like me? I do that. I do that. And can I tell you, I'm amazed. I'm not like dragging myself. Some of those days, you know, when I haven't acknowledged him, I sometimes find myself where I'm just dragging myself to bed at night. But there's those days, those days. And that's what he wants for us, where that becomes a way of life. And so we might have started in that place where we didn't know God had a plan or we just felt like, it, you know, it was my efforts that we're going to get me where I want to go through life. God wants us to be aware that there's provision. He wants us to be aware that he's, he's made that provision and that he has help for us. And that we have to submit ourselves to the process of learning. And so we go through that, you know, that's kind of like you've heard that term that a lot of people don't, you know, like to hear about or talk about in church it's it's that term called you know paul said i buffet my body daily or i'm dying to self what does that mean it's really dying to self it sounds horrible we should say we're living to god <laughs> who, who you know my plans god's plans i'm dying to self who wants this plan anyhow you know, the Bible tells us that he will do for us things that are exceeding abundantly above and beyond, that he will take our life and bring it places that we never imagined, that we never dreamed of, that we never thought could be. If you have amazing, amazing, amazing plans for your life, God is so much greater. Hallelujah. He's so much greater. Thank you, Lord. So much greater, hallelujah. And so we maybe are finding ourselves this morning, we've made it through the pin, we've made it through the plan, and, and we're at the place where it's just like, okay, the promised land. I've made it through, I'm ready to align, I'm ready to say yes, hallelujah. I'm seeing more, I'm understanding more. I've made that Deuteronomy 30 decision. Behold, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose God's way. Choose God's way. Choose life. Hallelujah. And we're going to hear today that God's not expecting us to just go, okay, you have your way. Okay, I guess, God, you have your way. Dragging me along through life. Okay, God, I guess you know, God, you know. No, that's not the life that he has for us. He's given us Holy Spirit. He's given us his living word. He's giving us a teacher, a helper who is alive, who is here right now. He's given us so many things inside of the plan that he has for your life is literally my life. Every single thing. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. Why, you know, we, when we talk about Jesus and, and why we're here this morning, there is something about him, something about his nature something about him when we read about him in the gospels why children were gathered to him why people gathered around him yes some did for the food and yes some did for the miracles and not for him but he was a wonder his kindness his goodness and his love that healed and his love that delivered and his love that wouldn't judge Amen. That's, that's why we're here this morning. That's who we're talking about. That's who we're laying our life down. 
It's not this drag me through life, Jesus, I guess I have to. No, it's allowing him to reveal himself to us, that he has that place called a promised land, amen? A promised land, that, that promise where there is, there's no more struggle, where there's no more tug of war, but we've decided, you know. You know, I hear Pastor Jess, and she tells all, she's been saying this to Ollie, you know, Ma, mama knows, Ollie, mama knows. Say that, Ollie, mama knows. <laughs> you know, when you don't want to eat what you need to, mama knows that you need to eat this, so just go ahead and eat this, because mom, and she'll say, she'll say, what, what do you say? Mama knows. <laughs> Maybe we, maybe we should have started saying that when we first met him. Jesus knows. Come on, turn to somebody this morning and say, Jesus knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows what steps you need to take to, to get you to where, you're want, where you want to go. Oh, hallelujah for truth. What is the promised land? The promised land is the place that we long for, isn't it? There's this thing inside of your heart, this longing, this desire, this dream in the name of Jesus. That's the promised land, the pin, the plan, the promised land. It is the place that we expect to find happiness. You know that place you long for. That, that thing that keeps waking you up every morning. The promised land. That place of expectancy, of success, of desire, of joy, of peace, that expected end. But my question this morning to us is, when we look at a couple of portions of scripture, will we know it? Will we know it when we see it? Will we know it when we see it? See, I know we talk a lot about this. You know, we could be walking in some, and the promised land, I believe, is a progressive thing. We're in our promised land right now. And there's more of it that will be revealed to us as we continue to walk because God is limitless and inexhaustible. And, it, and if that is true, then that means that we should be met walking in a measure of contentment. And I wonder today if we're walking and there is a lack of contentment in it, I wonder because it couldn't be true that God is at the center of our world, that we're seeking him and that we couldn't be walking in a measure of the promise already. And that should be measured by the awareness that we are walking, that, we, that that promise is having its way in my life. God's plan, will I know it when I see it? Well, I know it when I see it. And it's important, hallelujah, it's important that we kind of get this. It's important that we understand that God's given us the help, that God's given us the, the ability to understand, the ability to see like he sees, the ability to understand like he does, because out of that comes the decisions that we make. And the decisions that we make every single day, every di single day, decision that you make in the thousand that you may be faced with today god's desire is that as his students and followers that we would receive the help to make those decisions right because every decision we make determines 100 percent where we will end up every decision that i make every small adjustment 
as I let peace, as I let Holy Spirit lead me, those small course corrections, course adjustments in my life will faithfully get me to, progressively to my promised land. Wow, that is a mouthful. Hallelujah. And so we want to look then at Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44 to 46, a very familiar portion of scripture. Do you know what you're looking at? Do you know what you're looking at? Do you know what you're looking for? Can you tell the difference? Can you tell the difference now? You've been at this for a while. You've been hearing some things. You've been serving God for a while. You've committed your life to him for a while. Do you know the difference between what's a good idea and a God idea? You see, we can know. We can know somehow we've bought this image of ourselves. Genesis 1.26 tells us that we were made in the image and the likeness of God, that our story was written, that everything we would ever need is in a place called the spirit. And we are a spirit being meant to live a spiritual, supernatural, not natural existence every single day of our lives. And somehow what the enemy has been at work at, just like he was with Adam and Eve, was to try and make them think less of themselves. That somehow when we hear or see spiritual things happen, miracles or the presence, the power, the electricity of God, somehow we are so, we can be so weirded out by these spiritual things because the enemy has been so hard at work to create an identity crisis. I find that, you know, as Pastor Ian was giving me a few tips on what pants he wanted me to wear today, you know. And I said, don't try to make me who you are. <laughs> you be you. And let me be me. I am, however, wearing the pants he told me to wear. Because they looked better. There you go, folks. <laughs> Can we tell the difference? Verse 44 in Matthew 13 says, The kingdom is like a treasure. The kingdom. Hmm. Value. A treasure. Huh. The kingdom is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. So he's in a field and he's looking for something. In his excitement, oh, that tells us something, doesn't it? That the kingdom, that Jesus, that God, that the kingdom of heaven is exciting. It's exciting. Our Christianity is exciting. Serving God is exciting. In his excitement, he hid it again. You know, it's like if you go to the store and you find the last of something and maybe you forgot your wallet. Maybe you've never done this and you like hide the thing in a whole different department. Because you don't want somebody to find it before you get back. That was before they had holds. He hid it again. He finds it. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. 
I forgot my wallet. Let me hide it because I definitely want this. Come on, how many of you gave your heart to the Lord and you're like, I definitely want this. Woo! I definitely want this. This is definitely worth my time. It is definitely worth my energy. It is definitely worth my blood, sweat, and tears. God, we ask that you would awaken that in us. Awaken that in us. Awaken that fire. Awaken that fervor. Awaken that passion, God, in us. He hid it. And he sold everything that he already owned to get enough money to buy the field. Wow. He saw something and knew. He knew what he was looking at when he saw it. He knew this is a good thing. This is the way I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to decide. Again, it says in verse 45, the kingdom is like a merchant on the lookout. Hmm. He's looking, the scripture says, for choice pearls. He's looking for something. And when he discovered, or when he found it, a pearl of great value, he sold everything and he bought it. Hmm. Value, honor. He knew what he was looking at when he found it. Conversely, it goes on in verse 52 and it says this, or, or 53, it says, And Jesus finished telling these stories. <laughs> this is sad. Do you know what you're looking at? And Jesus speaks to you. The disciples said to him, when Jesus was trying to narrow down his crowds. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood. That narrowed down the crowd a lot. <laughs> when Jesus finished telling these stories, he returned to Nazareth, Nazareth, his hometown. And he taught in the synagogue. Everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom? and his power to do miracles. But they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. We know his mother. We know his brothers. Where did he learn all these things? And they were not, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to hide it. I will be back. No, it says they were deeply offended. And they refused to believe. They refused to lean in. They refused to change. They refused the help. The help that God was bringing them. There was someone knocking on their door. You just won the sweepstakes. They're like, no, you don't look like what I want you to look like. Bye-bye. That's what the scripture says. It says the one that was looking for the treasure, the one that was looking for the pearl, they knew it when they saw it. You know, isn't that like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they're talking with Jesus, and after they look to themselves and they're like, oh my God, dude, like, 
Our hearts were burning inside of us when we were walking with him. You know, God, God doesn't want us to walk through life. He's made a way for us. They, the only reason Jesus couldn't do anything in his hometown was because they didn't lie. Everywhere else he went, people would line up. And they stayed away. That's the only reason Jesus couldn't do anything there. Not because he didn't have any power, but because their skepticism kept them at bay. Because they didn't let him lay hands on them. They didn't go close enough. They stood at a distance and they judged they judged what he was saying. They judged it weird. They judged it. You, who do you think you are? You could never do what you said you were going to do. You're natural just like we are. That's the same thing, same arguments, same conversations that we walk through, but Jesus has given us the help that we need so that the outcome of those things bring us closer to him we, we determine or we've determined that our help comes from him. And so we go close. Amen. And so we've done something. Hallelujah. I mean, um, we've done something th this month. We sort of determined in January that um, that we are calling it a month of fasting and prayer where we're seeking the Lord and seeking his will. And, and this whole concept of knowing what you're looking at then um, you know, they were men just like the ones in the beginning were men and the Pharisees are men. And, but somehow they were perceiving or seeing things differently. And that has everything to do with not how smart you are, what you discern, what you understand, what you see, where the kingdom is concerned has everything to do with how much you lean in. It has everything to do with whether you let Holy Spirit help you or not. It has everything to do with whether we become a student of these things. That's what helps us to know what we are looking at. That's what helps us to make the right choices. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19 tells us that this is a process. It tells us that we go through this process where Christ is formed inside of us. Amen. And in the book of Galatians, it tells us it's kind of a, you know, it tells us as we yield to Holy Spirit, we will abandon the cravings of our self-life. And it tells us that self craves things that offend Holy Spirit. Self craves things that are not God. And Holy Spirit's intense cravings will stop. It will change things for us. It will change the way we think. It will change the way we feel. So it will change the way we live. It will change things so that we're no longer doing the things that we don't want to do. Holy Spirit empowers us so that we're no longer those victims of those things. And it tells us what that self-life is. It tells us the reason that the, that the Pharisees didn't go close to Jesus. It tells us they were chasing after things instead of God. It tells us they were only thinking of themselves. It were, they were in love with their own opinions. They weren't there with an open heart, with a broken heart, a contrite heart, a humble heart, a submitted heart. And because of that pride, the belief that their own opinion was greater, they hung on to their own belief. And today we talk about them. Not lifting them up, but, but what we don't want to be. 
We talk about them like we don't want to be like them. We don't want to think like them. We don't want to do what they did. We don't want to keep Jesus at a distance. We want to lean in. We want to yield. We want to receive the perspective of heaven. Amen? It tells us that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit true riches. You won't find your promised land in God. You won't find, you won't, you'll be looking at the pearl. You'll be looking at the treasure like them. They had Jesus right in front of them. They had the, you know, forgive me, I won't even say it. It's not, you know, they had Jesus right in front of them. And they didn't know it. But the fruit produced by Holy Spirit within us when we become students is divine love in all of its varied expressions. Come on, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that will endure, that will persevere, that won't quit, won't quit till it gets the answer, won't quit till the breakthrough, won't quit till the victory, kindness in action, faith that will overcome that will overcome every doctor's report, that will overcome every limitation of your bank account right now, will overcome the lie that says you'll never have children. Come on. Faith that will endure comes from the help of Holy Spirit. Where we're not dragging ourselves through life, but there's a skip, a joy in our step because we know something that nobody else maybe knows. And he gives us not just the truth, not just the promise, but the ability to endure through the trial all the way to the end. All the way. Isn't that what matters? How many stories have you heard of the person who, you know, Eeny Beeny Hill or whatever that was from Honor Academy, you know, where Pastor Alex was at Honor Academy and they would put them through this rigorous training like the Navy, a portion of almost like what the Navy SEALs did. And, you know, they wouldn't tell them, they would literally like bury them in the ground, yell and scream at them for days, make them stay up all night, not sleep, be in bad weather, and they but they wouldn't know when it was over. They're being persecuted, and they didn't tell them when it was going to end. You know, you could endure if you're like, okay, tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock, I got to make it to 5 o'clock. I just got to make it to 5. No, no, they didn't tell them any of that. They beat them, you know, like ba badly. And, 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 but any time they wanted out, they just had to ring the bell. You know, we're not keeping you in this. We're not making you do this. You can opt out whenever you want. Just ring the bell. It's like you're looking at the bell, you're like, ah. And literally, Pastor Alex said, like, there was one person in particular that they all wanted to quit. I mean, people are rolling down this hill in exhaust, exhausted now after all of it. It's the last thing that they're doing. And literally, like, rolling, you know, maybe like two-year-olds like to roll. But when you're up there in age, I think the older you get, the less you like to just, like, roll and roll and roll and roll. It's like, why don't a lot of adults go on the flying saucers? Because they just don't like the dizzy thing anymore. I don't know what happens to us. And he said they're like throwing up down the hill. And people are rolling in their vomit down the hill. And he said he remembers literally like wanting to quit with everything that's in him. 
And, and he remembers this particular one of the people that he was with, and they ring the bell. And literally, the next, they get to the bottom, ring the bell, and it's over. <sighs> we have inside information. We have the strength and the power of God so that we, you know, the strength of spirit, the qualities of Holy Spirit that are limitless, when we give our attention to him, everything will align so that our emotions stop leading us around. Our negative emotions stop determining what our day is going to be like. The physical pain maybe that you have lived with so endlessly stops, you know, it stops affecting your emotions. You have, we, we receive, there is a place in God. There is a place of peace in God and it is very, very real. And it has been set aside for us all along. Everything we need set aside for us. Romans 8 tells us that the Spirit helps us. I'm going to bring this, try and bring this in for a landing. Help me, Jesus. The Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, God himself, is interceding for us with groanings. The, the scripture says, too deep for words. The Spirit intercedes according to God's will for us. Wow. He's praying the perfect will of God. He knows, Holy Spirit knows the perfect will of God for us. And sometimes can I say when, you know, when the scripture is very clear, and it talks about, you know, the disciples that knew Jesus and they were following him. When Jesus talked to them about going into the upper room, they were already dedicated to Christ. When he asked them to stay there and wait for the promise of Holy Spirit, it wasn't so that he could come and live inside of them. It was so that he could come upon them and empower them. And the truth is that the enemy tries to get us to live in our heads to live naturally so that something that is so, why would it be so weird? Why would it be so weird that God would develop a secret language between him and us that the Holy Spirit can't interfere with? Why is that so weird? Why is that so weird? You know, it, it, it's just like, Somehow, the enemy messes with, with, you know, who we are and, and what's weird. And we become sometimes so afraid of things that are so different that that fear, when you follow your heart, your heart tells you that you want everything about God and you trust him and trust that he will guide you, lead you and guide you into the truth. But when we get into our heads, our head will limit us. But when we decide to be limited and we will pick and choose then as God literally opens up his hand like a good father and has our whole life and every good thing and every blessing and provision and gift and need met, he opens up his whole hand, but we choose to pick and choose then. To pick and choose because some of it is scary. I mean, some of it scares me. Right? Sometimes people come visit us and they do things that are just like, ooh. 
Sometimes I do things and you're like, ooh. <laughs> but you know what? When you have a heart inside of you, you're not trying to make a display. I'm not trying to make a display. I'm just hungry for God. I just want more of God. I just believe. I just believe that Holy Spirit will lead me. And I'm just not going to let my negative emotions. And sometimes, like Wednesday night, you just show up. You know, we had a night of worship. And, and, and you just show up. And you're just standing there. And you're like, you know what, God? I just need you so much. My heart just feels kind of hard right now. And honestly, I don't care what it looks like. You can electrocute me. And if I shake in front of the whole church or fall on my face, I don't care. All I want is a heart that is soft towards you. I just want a heart that is on fire for you. And sometimes, though, the enemy gets us just like, just like those Pharisees, huh? Oh, look at Pastor Tina. Oh, she's just a little too, you know, free. Yeah. Thank you. And looking for more. Hallelujah. So we call this month then fasting. And so why are we fasting? Because... Holy Spirit, we're inviting Holy Spirit in and, and we're fasting, which in and of itself is we, we made a decision to put aside food and put aside things that the Lord instructs us to, to give more attention to God so that Christ can be formed in us, so that our spirit is no longer, our, our flesh is no longer making the decisions. We need help and we're asking for help and we're seeking out help because we read it the flesh is contrary and it's conflicting to God and we want our spirit man in charge and so these are some of the amazing things that we have been encountering over the years and as you you still have time Jason is coming on Thursday is God's voice and Jesus said it you know when when some of the the disciples came to Jesus and they said you know your disciples aren't fasting and 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 we are fasting and you're not fasting and Jesus said well I'm here right now so since I'm here they don't need to fast but when I leave they will fast remember that so he's not saying if you fast he's saying when you fast and so what happens is the voice of God becomes clearer we become more sensitive to him his urges his pulling his leading you know your heart it's just like I remember going to Toronto and hearing people bark like dogs and do some strange things. And I remember being a Pharisee. I remember being a Pharisee. And I remember Jesus grabbed a hold of me and he said, Tina, if you'll stop judging tonight, you will learn some things. And I did. I did. I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. I was judging what it looked like and what it sounded like. And it was odd. And I had never experienced all that. Now I like, I want more. I'm one of the weirdos. I don't bark like a dog, though. <laughs> Just to Ollie, my grandchildren. <laughs> Hallelujah, because I'm trying to get Hudson to bark like a dog. Amen. Why do we fast? Boldness, to do what we hear. Amen. To stay the course without the conflict. To see our capacity for God increase. How many of you, I can't wait for Jason to come. I want more of God. I want to soak in his presence. I want to get out of my head that I'm following words on a page and remember that he is standing right where we are and loving us and wanting fellowship with us and relationship with us. I want that to be so real and so alive in my life. 
It breaks habits, bondages, wrong thinking, wrong attitudes. It causes a greater focus, a clear-mindedness, right thinking. Anything bad about all this? Our heart gets quiet so that we can hear, so that we understand, so that faith rises up, so that we can endure and stand till the end, so we can have fruit in our lives. It increases intimacy with God. Hunger for Jesus increases our perseverance, our ability to persevere, increases our discipline. Isaiah 58 tells us that healing, health will be the result of it in the name of Jesus. When we give attention to his word, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. I think I got through everything. Whoa. I have one more, but I'm not going to do it. It's a new season. <laughs> it's a new season. Mm -hmm. We had a word at the beginning of the first night of fasting and prayer, and the Lord said this, oh, 2020, hallelujah. Can I just tell you, oh, it's over. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'll just say this. It's like God is letting you hit the reset button in your life. It's like there are things that you're going to have the ability to redo and the beauty of it is, is as you lean into the Lord, and yes, today when the altars are opened up, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you come up here and you get your prayer language so Holy Spirit can help you to pray out the perfect will of God for your life. It is not about weirdness. It is, it, it is about hitting the mark and receiving the promise of God. And the only way we do it, because the scripture says we only know how to pray. We are limited in what we know. But Holy Spirit comes and we become limitless. Amen. We become knowing in the things that we need to know. He said this, that this is a time that this would be, this would be, when we would look back at this time, we would say, this was the time that I was changed into another person. And God will accomplish what he planned. And heaven would rejoice and we would be glad. Father, we thank you. <sighs> Selah, are you hungry for Jesus? Giving, we give you, Jesus, our attention. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to remember that fasting and prayer, it never had anything to do with being legalistic. It had everything to do with being changed, with Christ being formed in us, with life and the decisions and the choices we need to make being made easy and us being made aware. It had all the difference in the world between the Pharisees who couldn't see and couldn't hear and couldn't understand and us because we lean in, being able to see you, 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 and hear you. And understand you. Jesus is here right now. Let Holy Spirit speak to you. Mm -hmm. 
Let him listen to him. Mm -hmm. He carries the words that will bring you so much peace mm -hmm. and so much hope and so much wisdom. Let him speak. Stop and listen mm -hmm. and let him speak. Mm -hmm. And your life will be a life that is marked not only with wealth and treasure, but the greatest, mm -hmm. the greatest peace. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.